Marcus, how's everything going for you? Things are good, man. I appreciate the invitation. It's always nice to be invited back somewhere. Absolutely. Appreciate you coming on. Are you excited for this NFL season? Yeah, absolutely. You know, this time last year, we weren't really sure how things were going to go, right? I mean, you know, there was no training camp. We didn't have any preseason. Um, and you know, we were right, right in the midst of COVID. And I, I know things are sort of not great right now, but we definitely didn't have an idea of what the season was going to be like. At least this year, we have more confidence about how things are going to go. No, last season, I literally thought they were going to go eight weeks and the cases are going to be so high yeah. they just would screw it. Yeah, they they got it done. Hopefully everybody's getting vaccinated or, or putting the uh, doing the protocols and the measures to protect themselves. But we got fantasy coming up in a few weeks. So I have a question. When do you start prepping for fantasy? Oh, I don't ever stop. It feels like I don't stop. I, I, I you know, I, I try to take some time off. Right. I try to take a couple of weeks here and there off and, and just sort of relax a little bit. But no, really, I mean, like once the season ends, uh, I may take a short break and then we're, we're starting to look at the draft. We're looking through free agency. Uh, you know, maybe I take another break in the summer or something like that. But, uh, you know, some of us, us diehards and degenerates have been doing drafts for at least a month now. So it, it feels like it is a 12 month a year uh, proposition. Who is your have your rankings drastically changed since since you started up earlier in the offseason? Are they pretty pretty similar? No, I mean, they, they do change. I mean, and you you expect them to right? like you expect them to change a little bit after the draft, depending on, uh, you know, what what teams do in the draft. You expect them to change a little bit after free agency when players move from one team to another. And, and then, you know, they they do change in training camp in the preseason a little bit, maybe not super drastically, but you know, as, as you hear about injuries or how guys are recovering from injury, I mean, take take for instance, Michael Thomas, right. And, and this whole thing with his surgery and, and how long he's going to be out naturally, he falls down the rankings just because there's a really good chance that he's not going to be there for the start of the season. So it's hard to rank him as highly as you would say in a normal year. Where would you take him confidently? Confidently, probably in the, well, I, I think a week ago, I would have said like the third round. Now I'm feeling like maybe it's the fifth round, maybe the sixth round. Once he's back, he's going to get a ton of targets. I mean, he is their number one receiver. It's just a question of how many games you're going to get out of him. Do you think Kamara is just going to eat until he's back? Or do you think that James is going to spread, they'll spread the wealth a little bit? No, I mean, I do think that, I mean, cause, cause where else they're going to go in that offense. Right. I mean, I, you know, I know they've got other guys in camp that are stepping up and playing well. Um, I think Marquez Calloway is a name. I, Troutman, I Troutman, 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 Troutman has been a, a big fan of fantasy folks for a while now. Uh, but really this is an offense that for the time being is going to have to lean on Alvin Kamara. So you can see him getting a ton of work probably through the first month or so. And they have, they still Latavius Murray and they brought in Devontae Freeman. Do you think it's like mm -hmm. a three-headed three -headed backfield right there going early? Or do you think Freeman might not see too much uh, time? You know, it sounds like he's going to get some time. I mean, again, training camp reports are sort of smoke screens in a lot of ways. So you got to take them with a grain of salt. But uh, it does sound like he's going to get a lot of the passing down work, which, you know, look, I, I think that's great for their offense. I was a guy who loved drafting Latavius Murray late because he did seem to get a whole lot of opportunity in that offense. But now if they're trying to split this up three ways, it's hard to really count on anybody besides Kamara in that backfield. What about, um, what's the point of drums like the, uh, pay some hell, pay some hell where you, where you drafted him. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Are I you? Are him. you drafting him? I, I have. I have drafted him late in a few spots because I feel like he's got touchdown upside. I, I, I keep saying the worst thing that could happen, which I honestly believe very well may happen, is that Sean Payton is going to go with like a two headed quarterback attack where it is sort of Jameis Winston kind of between the 20s. And when they get down close, we're going to see Taysom Hill. I mean, let's let's not forget they took Drew Brees, a Hall of Famer off the field for Taysom Hill last year. 
You don't think they're going to do the same for Jameis Winston, who certainly does not have that level of pedigree. So I think that that's going to be frustrating for a lot of people. It's going to make it hard to really trust either one of those quarterbacks. But I, I went with Taysom Hill uh, on the maybe the small chance that he's the starter, but at least on the fact that I think he's going to be the guy that they use down near the goal line to either throw it in or run it in. And that gives him a little more upside. So two years ago when Jameis was on Tampa and he had the 30-30 year, do you remember where he finished in fantasy? Like it's like top 10, wasn't it? He was like top three, um, which which sort of to me, it, it sparked something in my brain. And I have been on this this crusade to sort of change quarterback scoring that we have to do something to make interceptions more punitive. Oh, um, really? I, I feel like we have to. Right. Because right now, the way it stands in, in most leagues, it's four points for a passing touchdown. It's only minus two for an interception. So you know, interceptions don't hurt quite as much. And I, I feel like you have to make it so that guys who throw a lot of interceptions are punished. Look, if you throw three or four interceptions in an actual NFL game, you've really hurt your team's chances of winning. And the same thing should happen in fantasy. So I, I felt like maybe we have multipliers, right? So the first two picks you throw are minus two. Then the third pick is minus three. The fourth pick is minus four and so on and so forth. So that way it really does start to separate the guys who don't throw as many touchdowns. And, and look, the same way with touchdowns, right? You have multipliers. So when Patrick Mahomes throws four touchdowns in a game, uh, it really is worth something. But I, I feel like, you know, after we saw Jameis Winston throw 30 picks and into the top three quarterback, I felt like something needed to change for me. <laughs> it, it was possibly the most fun quarterback I've been watched, seen watch, I've watched ever. <laughs> Just seeing him like take them out of it, bring them back into it by taking them out of it more. And then like, no, 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 I got them right where I want them. It was <laughs> unbelievable. So do you, do you, are you expecting a more tame Jameis this year? Kind of was Sean Payton kind of keep kind of kind of minimizing those turnovers. Or are you expecting kind of just the gunslinger, even though he does have LASIK, so he can see yeah. all 11 guys. Right. He can see, see the same Jameis. Right. He can see now. I, I, I think we're going to see a little bit of a different Jameis. I, I don't know that you can, completely take that that gunslinger mentality out of him i mean i think he's been you know he's been playing this way for so long i don't think it will ever totally die uh but you know again if you read you know, one of the interviews he did this offseason uh, he said he had a conversation with drew breeze where breeze said you don't have to be batman all the time you can be bruce wayne sometimes and so if he really does take that to heart, I think it's a situation where maybe he will look to make the safe play on occasion, as opposed to always throwing those YOLO balls, but, but the YOLO ball will still be part of his repertoire. Like, I just don't think it will ever completely go away with him. If Jameis Winston starts all 17 games, where do you see him finishing in fantasy? Assuming your scoring doesn't kick in this year. Your... I, uh, yeah. Well, mine, mine's not, it's still, it, I'm still campaigning for it. <laughs> so that's not going to happen this year. Uh, look, I think if he starts all 17 games, I think you're, you're talking about him. I think he's still just outside the top 12. I'm putting him like, you know, 13 to 15, somewhere around that range. I think he's a guy that when the matchup is right, you can start him. Um, but I don't know that he's a guy that I want to trust every single week. And then who's been like the biggest riser so far on, in your ranking since you started early in the off season? Uh, well, I mean, I guess you know, I put Daryl Henderson there, but I guess there's a the asterisk because obviously Cam Akers got hurt. Uh, and, and so that that really did a lot for him. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts is another guy who I've seen kind of rise up the ranks, uh, although I think this, these rumors about Deshaun Watson going there have sort of slowed uh, his rise up draft boards. Uh, the, the other name, maybe Najee Harris, who people liked to begin with. But he I had no line, though. That's that, 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 that scary. He doesn't. I mean, it, it, there's a little bit of concern, but I just think the volume is what people are excited about, right? That, I mean, this is the guy who was arguably the best back in this draft class, and there's nobody else to really threaten him with touches in that Pittsburgh backfield. I mean, the, the fact that, look, in the Hall of Fame game, 
he he got a pretty good amount of work, and we didn't see anybody yeah, else. He was for, playing against Costco sport. employees. I get it. The- no, I get it. He's playing against you know, like a, a lot of these dudes may not be here when we get to Labor Day. <laughs> I totally understand that, but I think the fact that the the Steelers want to get him as much work as possible sort of suggests how much they want to use him uh, during the season. You think it could be like a kind of a lot of dump offs because Ben can't, he's just like they're trying, they're, everybody's coming to Ben. There's nobody protecting him. He's like, oh, here, here we go. Here's Najee Harris. Let me get him right here. And he doesn't have time to get it to some of his deep threats. It very well could be. And that would only help Najee's value, right? If he's catching a lot of those short passes. I mean, look, I, I'm one of those people who gets frustrated by PPR. The fact that you can catch a, a one yard dump off and it counts the same as running I love 10 it. yards. I love it. It's frustrating, but look, this is the world we live in. So you might as well take advantage of it. Right. And I think if that turns out to be the case, that's only going to help his value. Do you think it could be similar to a couple of years ago with, um, Phil rivers and Austin Eckler when they had no line altogether and Eckler just ate? It very well could be, you know, I don't know if they will use him quite the same way as Eckler, but I could see him getting a lot of targets. They still have some good wide receivers too, right? Between Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool, those guys are going to see the ball. And even last year, um, as frustrating as it may have been, if you had Juju on your fantasy team, uh, somebody pointed out to me that they used him sort of like a tight end. A lot of short throws. He wasn't really getting downfield. That definitely helped Ben out a lot in terms of you know the, the offensive line situation, the shoulder issues that he was dealing with. So there could still be some of that, but I don't think you can completely discount how many times they're going to throw it to Harris. Pat Frymuth might be their best offensive lineman this year, so we'll see. That's probably not a good thing, though. No, not at all. Um, and then with Najee Harris, where would you be confident drafting him in, say, a 12-team regular PPR? I think he's early second round. Um, really? I, I, yeah, oh, absolutely. I, well, I think because, again, the, the volume, the workload is what is what we're looking at right here. And there just aren't that many backs that you can go out there and confidently think that this guy is going to get – 250 touches this year and I think Harris is going to get somewhere near there I've seen people put him in the first round I haven't been quite so bold but certainly early second round I I will be surprised if he lasts beyond the second round in a lot of drafts interesting that's that's very so that's interesting Uh, so is he (laughs) is he the highest rookie on your board of all positions yeah, he's he's the highest rookie um you know there are other rookies that I love but there are none that I'm willing to take quite so soon any other rookie running backs catching your attention I I was a fan of Javante Williams. I, he was of all the running backs in this class. He was the one I had the most fun watching. Um, and I, I sort of compared him to Kareem Hunt coming out of Toledo in the sense that when I watched Hunt at Toledo, uh, I didn't see any one thing that he was spectacular at, but I saw a player who was very good at a lot of different things. And that's sort of how I feel about Javante Williams. I, I didn't initially love the fact that he got drafted by the Broncos and is going to have to split time with Melvin Gordon. But I do believe that at some point during the season, he's going to start to take over a little bit in that backfield. Gordon's not going to completely go away because he's still a, a really good player. Um, but I do think at some point, I, I don't think the Broncos are going to bring Melvin Gordon back after this year. And at some point, they're going to turn to the rookie and be like, hey, let's let's see what you've got. So I think if you're willing to wait and be patient, uh, you know, you can you can really get a good running back, especially if, if you can hang around in playoff contention. I think late in the year, you're going to see Javante Williams start to take off. I'm still waiting for Royce Freeman. People told me to take in second round a couple of years ago. And then <laughs> yeah, that was told when me, it went sideways. Yeah, a little bit. People, and then some, some guy I know is a big Denver fan. He's like, dude, this guy, Lindsay, is better. I'm like, no, no, no. Everybody's saying Royce Freeman. <laughs> it's got to be Royce Freeman. So I'm still waiting on that. And then one other rookie, uh, Jake Funk. You think he's going to do anything for the Rams? 
Uh, I mean, I, I think he will have an opportunity, but I just think there are so a lot of a, a lot of other pieces that they're going to get the football to. I mean, you know, the, the, they've, they've got Robert Woods uh, and Cooper Cup that are going to get the, the most targets there. Uh, I still like Van Jefferson, too. I think I he think was great gonna, on hard knocks. Like, yeah, he, he was really great he on was hard, hard knocks. He was good. I mean, I don't know if that, that, that translates the hard knocks from the year before into the season after, but I was like, there's no way this dude's undrafted. I'm like, oh, he wasn't. This guy's actually... A, a stud we'll see how he does you, you think yeah. he, would, would you draft him or is he like a late kind of like a like a waiver wire guy Jefferson I, I've taken Jefferson in a couple of drafts not many but I do think he's a guy that I'm, I'm sort of keeping my eye on um, I just want to see you know the first week or so because we're not going to see any Rams I think of note in the preseason it's, that's just not how Sean McVay operates um, but I do want to watch like the first week or two and see kind of how things are shaping up um, but I do think you know there will be some weeks where Van Jefferson's gonna be relevant yeah. And then I want to get to it. So the first round, everybody's got the, everybody's obviously preparing for their first draft. Hopefully they haven't done it yet. They're waiting is the end of the preseason. <laughs> what, what, what you said, you've already done a draft. Oh, I've done, I've done many drafts. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. As, I hope you didn't take cam Akers. Uh, I have not taken cam Akers anywhere. I know plenty of people who have, and they're, they're scrambling a little bit. I did take as a, as a second quarterback, I took Carson Wentz in a couple of places, uh, hoping for the resurrection, but now that is obviously on hold with him out anywhere from, five to 12 weeks which is sort of a weird designation to me five to 12 but that yeah that it's, it's literally right. like we have no idea but he might be back soon <laughs> right and then quentin uh, nelson yeah. has the same exact injury the and they same did. injury right yeah weird. five to 12 weeks is like when you order a shirt and they don't know if they're gonna make it so they're like oh yeah <laughs> it might be there but like if not you're gonna forget you bought it and then it'll be right back Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get into uh, do a mock for the first round. If you want to go odds, I can go even. So if okay. you have the number one pick in your draft, everybody's always dreading it because obviously you don't know number one. <laughs> Who are you taking confidently? Uh, Christian McCaffrey. It, it, it hasn't changed for me uh, just because th there aren't any other players that are going to see the usage that McCaffrey has. He's going to be on the field as long as he's healthy. He'll be on the field for probably 90 to 95% of the snaps. They're still going to run the offense through him. So, you know, I, I know last year was frustrating but I still believe that he's worth the number one pick. And then at two, I, I really like, I do like Dalvin cook. I'm expecting a big year from him. Kirk Cousins' status. Hopefully he's staying healthy. And I don't know if he's going to wear that glass bubble thing <laughs> on the field. That just added protection. Um, I, I'm expecting a big year from Justin Jefferson as well as Adam Thielen, but Dalvin got, he got his contract. He's kind of ready to eat. Um, if he's available too, is that who you're going with? Or do you like somebody else? No, I think Dalvin's Dalvin's the, the smart call there too. So uh, Dalvin at two, I'm going to go Derek Henry at three. Um, you know, I know he doesn't catch the ball as much as those other two guys, but you can sort of pencil him in as your rushing leader uh, and probably double digit touchdowns. And then maybe on the off chance uh, that with a new offensive coordinator, maybe they throw him a couple of screens that only boosts his value. So he's my, he's my third pick. Is he ever going to regress or is he just going to get better as he ages? I mean, you know, in theory, like, you know, father time comes for us all, but I don't see it happening anytime soon. It's unbelievable because he's 43 now and he's still rolling. So, <laughs> um, so it, um, it, so I'm at four, at four, kind of, kind of, kind of a feeling about Saquon. They just activated him from the okay. pop list. They're bringing him back contract year. Giants kind of have to prove it. They kind of didn't control their own destiny last year. Couldn't make the playoffs. He wasn't going to play regardless because George ACL, but I'm kind of expecting a big year, especially they kind of taking some pressure of him bringing in um, Kenny Galladay, bringing in Kyle Rudolph, and he's still got the weapons outside. If, if Daniel Jones can get it going, I think they're a juggernaut no one's talking about. And if he can't get it going, they need somebody to give dump offs to. And I think Saquon's going to capitalize. 
Well, I definitely feel better about Saquon now that he's back at practice. You know, the, the Giants had been very vague about his recovery, and even Saquon himself hadn't felt so confident. So I was I was nervous. If the player is nervous, then I'm going to be nervous. But now that he's off the pup list, he's back at practice, I feel a little bit better about him at, at four. So with him at four, though, that leaves Alvin Kamara for me at five. Uh, you know, we just had that big, long conversation about Kamara. I still think, you know, I still think he's going to see the ball plenty, especially if Michael Thomas isn't there. So I'll, I will gladly take him at five. See, this is like after five is like where it gets interesting because I feel yeah. like that then it's just like, who do you like? And for me, I, this might be you might think it's a dumb pick. For some reason, I, I do like Nick Chubb this year. Okay. A lot of I see a lot of people take him in the second round and I'm, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what, if they're expecting Baker to throw a little bit more, if they're expecting Kareem Hunt to be more involved, but mm-hmm. Chubb just got his contract. He's he's looking yoked and in, in practice. <laughs> I think he's going to be rolling this year. I think we're going to next year, we're going to be in next year's fantasy. We're going to be thinking, okay, where are you taking Chubb? Because I think he's going to be up there. Why, why do you think so many people are having him wait until the second round before they grab him? I just think it's because it's the Kareem Hunt factor. Um, just because, you know, as good as Nick Chubb is, I don't think anybody doubts his ability. I just think it's the fact that that Hunt is going to get plenty of opportunity. So that's naturally just going to eat into Nick Chubb's opportunity. So it's, it's not about uh, it's not about Nick Chubb himself. It's just about the other guy who's standing you know next to him on the backfield. Yeah. So who, who do you like? And so what are we at? We are so at seven, seven, seven. Um, so I'm going to go. Maybe it's outside the box for a lot of people. It hasn't been for me. I want to take Travis Kelsey here. Really? Um, because I have been all about the idea of grabbing an elite tight end early. I can't leave the first three rounds without, <clears throat> excuse me, without getting either Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, in whatever order, you know, whatever order you want to put those guys. I want one of those three guys because tight end is by far the thinnest position in fantasy. Uh, I know people like to stream tight ends and, you know, God bless you if you do. I don't want that headache on a week to week basis. I want to just plug in a guy that I know I can feel confident with. Uh, and so for me, that means in, in lots of drafts, I have spent the first round pick on Travis Kelsey. How do you see that top three tight end finishing out the year? Who, how do you see it going? Uh, I think it's Kelsey one. I think Waller's two. I think Kittle is number three. Um, you know, and I think Kittle. Uh, part of it is just that because the Niners have added weapons. Like I like Debo Samuel. I love Brandon Ayuk. Um, meanwhile, for the Raiders, their wide receivers are still really unproven. Uh, and so in the meantime, Darren Waller is just going to keep eating. What about uh, Kyle Pitts in Atlanta? Do you see him finishing top five? Or do you think? I think we'll he could. Flashes? Yeah, no, no. I think, I think, I think there's a very good chance of him finishing in the, in the top five this year. I think more realistically for me is somewhere six to eight. I'm sort of in drafting him when I've drafted him. It's been kind of in that six to eight range. I think if you're, if you're drafting him in the top four or five uh, and I have seen people make him their tight end four, you are drafting him at an absolute ceiling. And I think he has the potential to be special. Um, but I think you're also potentially you're asking a lot of him in his first year. So uh, I, I have had, just for the right. I mean, I got, I have Mark Andrews at number four, TJ Hawkinson at number five. And then I've got Pitts at six. Interesting. At eight. I, I do like Eckler. I've had him on the show. He looked cut when he was on the show and he looks good <laughs> in practice. Um, if, if he can stay healthy and stay on the field, I, I think the sky is the limit. You, do you think eight's too early for Eckler? Uh, not really. I love Austin Eckler. Um, I, I have been fortunate that he sort of slips a little bit to like the end of the first round. And I've been able to get him like in the second, a lot of times, uh, but I have no problem at all with Austin Eckler at number eight. I think he's going to be great. He's he, for me is sort of a dark horse to finish as the number one overall running yeah. back. Um, you know, it may not happen, but I think, I think it's worth having him in that conversation when you talk about yeah. it. Who are you um, like a nine? So nine, uh, I'm going to go wide receiver and I'm going to take Devonte Adams. Um, 
just I, I, you know, a few weeks ago when we weren't sure if Aaron Rodgers was going to play football or host Jeopardy, uh, I had I had Adams down a little bit. But now that we know Rodgers is back and locked in for 2021 uh, with whatever whatever last dance memes they're posting on Instagram or whatever it is now, uh, I've got him back as my number one wide receiver. So I'll take him near the back end of the first round. And then at 10, because he's still available, and I think he's one of the biggest question marks this year, I got to go with Zeke. Okay. Um, do you think we could see a resurgence from him with a healthy Dak, more options, and kind of maybe some different play calling? He, he look, He's lost a lot of weight. He looks he looks great in, in practice. Mm-hmm. Do you think Zeke might be some of the people that could be like a late round, like a late first round steal? Absolutely. No, I, th- I think a lot of people are taking him there. And it is it is sort of a surprise, I guess, that he has fallen a little bit. I guess people are just sort of concerned about the offense and the fact that it has become – more of a Dak centered offense. I mean, part of that is because that's just how football is nowadays. Uh, part of it is that they have a defense that's bad and is forcing them to throw the football to stay in football games. Um, so, but, but I do think there's still a room, still a place rather for Zeke to get the ball 200 plus times. Um, the only other mild concern, and it's mild, is that they do talk about wanting to use Tony Pollard a little bit more this year. Um, so that will that will certainly eat into Zeke's production a little bit, but he's still going to be a bit of a workhorse there in uh, in Dallas. Uh, all right, so that puts me at number 11 there, huh? Yeah. Ooh, so this, uh, this is a tough call for me. I, there's one of two things I could do, and I think what I'm going to go is I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor. Uh, You're not concerned about Wentz? You don't think that affects Taylor? Uh, I mean, it does a little bit. It... it I think what what concerns me more is probably Quentin Nelson. Um, but again, it's it's sort of like with Najee Harris, right? It's the volume there. And especially uh, with with Jacob Eason, if they if they decide to really roll with Jacob Eason at quarterback, which I'm still skeptical, um, I think that means they're going to have to try to run the football. They're going to want to shorten games. They still have a very good defense. Um, so I think they're going to try to shorten games a little bit, run the ball. And, and try to see what they can do there. So that means I think a lot of Jonathan Taylor, especially early on in the season, um, you know, and then when and if Nelson and Wentz comes back, then things kind of get back on track the way they would have hoped at the start of the year. And then to, to finish it off with 12, I think you got to take Aaron Jones. I mean, yeah. if he's, he's there, he's paid, he's happy, he's ready to go. Their offense is going to be a juggernaut. And I'm pretty sure for the better part of last year, he was top four, top five, because he had some mm-hmm. monster finishes. Um, I don't think uh, people slept on Aaron Jones last year. I know I judged the kid who took him real early and then he showed out. <laughs> so, yeah, if you, if you go Aaron Jones and then so we're not going to do round two, but who, who do you think is the best available for people looking at round two? Uh, well, it's funny, too, because like when I was saying I was I was going one of two ways, it was between Taylor and Aaron Jones. And so I think to start the second round, I would probably turn around and go with Stefan Diggs um, that early. Is- yeah, Steph- I think Stefan Diggs might be the top scoring wide receiver in fantasy this year. It's either it, it, it's, it's a three way race for me it's between Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill. I think those are your three leading candidates. Um, and look, who knows what's going to happen with Cole Beasley? Um, you know, he's certainly talking a big game. I don't uh, think anybody's taking him in the second round. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure out that. Nobody's taking him in the second <laughs> round. But if, if he's not there, you know, if, yeah. if he really does follow up on these threats, right, that he's not going to play, if he's not there, um, you know, Stefan Diggs was already getting a ton of targets. I think they're going to lean on him that much more heavily. Uh, but either way, even if even if Beasley is there, I just think that what he and Josh Allen found last year was pretty special. And I think they keep that rolling in their second year together. And then of a couple uh, third year receivers that are all expected to be incredible of Metcalf, A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin. Who do you prefer? I probably would say A.J. Brown. Um, 
it's close. I mean, we're splitting hairs between all three of them. I would say AJ Brown before, before the trade for Julio Jones, uh, Brown was sort of my dark horse to be the number one wide receiver overall. Now with Julio there, obviously look, you don't, you don't trade for a guy like Julio Jones and not throw him the football. So, um, so that sort of knocked AJ Brown down for me, but I just think what we've seen from him in his first two years has been incredible. So uh, of those three, he's the guy that I would take first. Are there any second-year receivers you're keeping your eyes on? Maybe Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs, anybody else? Um, I'm very curious about what happens with Jerry, Judy. I know people really have sort of loved him um, and love what he can be. I just, I just want there to be better quarterback play in Denver. That's the one thing that sort of uh, makes me nervous about him. Um, I mean, I guess I could say C.D. Lamb because I, I feel like he's the guy from that class that had the highest ceiling. Um, I came into last year thinking – you know, the, the rookie you wanted for one year was Justin Jefferson, and that that panned out pretty well. Uh, but the guy with the longest ceiling, or the highest ceiling long term is C.D. Lamb. And I think with Dak uh, how healthy again and them having to throw the ball a lot, I think you're going to see C.D. Lamb really elevate. Then I got a couple more names for you just to run by just to get your thoughts. Where, where would you be confident taking Miles Sanders? Probably the fourth or fifth round. Really? Um, yeah, which is really that sort of that dead zone of running backs. You've got a whole bunch of guys together that just that that have upside, but also have major flaws. I love Miles Sanders, but the Eagles don't seem to love Miles Sanders the same way I do. So I'm sort of taking my cue from them, and that's knocking him down the board for me. What about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Same thing, sort of that same space. Uh, I would probably take him slightly ahead of of Miles Sanders. Um, I feel like last year Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was a victim of our expectations. I don't think he did anything wrong. I don't think he played particularly badly, but you know, when you had opt-outs and you had injuries and suddenly CEH was the last man standing as the running back in the chiefs offense, I think we went a little overboard and we were trying to shoehorn him into like the early to mid part of the first round. And so then when he didn't give you, you know, fantasy returns like a Camara or uh, a Dalvin cook, then we were all disappointed. But again, that, that wasn't Edwards Hilaire's fault. That was our fault for really overestimating what could happen there. But I think now when you look at his draft price and it's around the fourth round or the fifth round, uh, the fact that he's had a year in that offense and hopefully he does get better, uh, I think you get into being a little bit of a bargain. And then looking at Tampa's backfield, are you staying away or do you think if one of them goes down or one of them kind of takes that number one role, they could thrive? I, I have, for the most part, stayed away. Um, the one guy that I still do believe in is Ronald Jones. Um, yeah, he, he really asserted himself last year and I, I flash back to his rookie season, which really was just a lost year for him. You know, just, you heard stories about the mental game, not being on point, uh, physically, he just didn't seem to get his body ready for the NFL. And he's really progressed quite a bit since then. He led the team in scrimmage yards last year. I thought he played really well at times. It is a little bit frustrating to know that they still have Leonard Fournette there. And then they brought in Gio Bernard. So that makes it. Uh, less exciting, but I still think I'm willing to kind of take him as a depth add to my running backs. Maybe if, you know, if he's still on the board, you know, after round six or seven, something like that, uh, I, I would definitely take that shot at him. Are there any offense you're just staying away from altogether? Um, the Patriots, um, which is sort of a weird thing to say after 20 years of them you know, being yeah. so great. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Cam Newton and I, I want to see, one or two more good years out of cam, but I'm not confident that, that he's got that left in him. Um, you know, Mac Jones is, I think, okay, but I'm, I, I would rather take a, I want, I, I, they, they need to make him wear 50 the whole year. Make now, him wear 50. He would be incredible. I, I had castle on. He'd love to see it. If they let him wear 50 the whole year, it would just be <laughs> viewership might go up, 
But so you're staying away from both those tight ends, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. You think they kind of cancel each other out? Um, you know what? I, I, my, my feelings on them, I, I flip flop between weeks. You know who I like better. Uh, you know now that that Hunter Henry has maybe a shoulder issue, uh, I'm back on the Johnny Smith train. I love seriously. I love both those guys. I would have loved it if they went to separate teams. Like why go to the same place? That's the part that's that's hard. They're probably the only two guys in that offense that I'm willing to take any sort of shots at the wide receivers. I know Nelson Aguilar was good last year. Uh, I've seen a lot of Nikhil Harry hype. I've seen some Jacoby Myers hype, but I just, it's not enough to really get me on board to draft any of them. And the running backs are just such a complete mess that, that really, like I said, aside from those two tight ends, there's just nobody there that, that really gets me going. And something I've always noticed in fantasy, there's always like a one hit wonder tight end, a guy who has a one great year and then we never hear from him again. Some maybe it was Jordan Cameron or Gary Barnage. <laughs> Um, do, who do you, who do you like? Is there anybody that kind of sticks out to you this year that maybe you're like, no one's drafting them. Maybe you grab them in the 12th round. If you want to grab a second, then as a flyer and you think nobody's talking about this guy. Uh, you know, I, I would say Adam Troutman, but I feel like people are talking about him quite a bit. Uh, Cole Komet was a guy that I, I really liked there in Chicago. I, I loved Cole Komet at the end of last season. He was really succeeding in pretty much every stat you wanted as a fantasy manager except touchdowns, right? Komet was running more routes than Jimmy Graham. He was getting more targets than Jimmy Graham, more catches. But Graham was catching all the touchdowns at the tight end position. So it's like every week, you know, I'm, I'm out here on a podcast or I'm on TV telling people like, go get Cole Komet. And every week it's like, why are you telling me to get Cole Komet? Because Jimmy Graham had more points. And I'm like, he, he had a touchdown, but, but Komet did everything else better. So, uh, but he's a guy that I, that I really, really loved, um, you know, so those are probably the guys. I know that people love Irv Smith and I, I have gone back and forth on Irv Smith in Minnesota. Um, so I think at the moment I'm less confident, but you know, that could change if, if I see the hashtag let Irv swerve enough times uh, in the first couple of weeks. And then one more question for you. Who do you prefer this year, Antonio Gibson or DeAndre Swift? Gibson. Um, I just, one, I, I, I'm sort of intrigued by that Washington offense. I think they've really, got some, I think I, they've got some good pieces, right? I mean, they've got, uh, yeah, look, Ryan Fitzpatrick is nobody's hall of famer, although he might be a fantasy hall of famer because he'll just put up some big numbers, but you know, Terry McLaurin is there. I, I want to see, you know, when Curtis Samuel gets healthy, what what's going on there. Logan Thomas played really well at times last year, uh, throwing the fact that Gibson, you see what he did last year. And this was a guy who really was a wide receiver that they converted to running back. He had a few carries at Memphis, but he was a wide receiver. They made him into a running back. He did great last year. And now there's talk that they want to use him more in the passing game. Uh, I, I think that's going to be really interesting. I, I like DeAndre Swift's talent. I don't like the Lions offense. They, they might be one of the worst offenses get Brashad Perryman. Perryman. I mean, well, that in that case, uh, I feel exactly the same as I and did. I got 10 the, and ago. I got the center who had like the broken, the fractured neck who still played. So, yeah, He's, I just, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a mess there right now. Uh, also the fact that Jared Goff generally does not throw to running backs a ton. At least he didn't when he was in LA. Um, they're just, you know, as much as I love Swift, there's just a lot of things working against him. So I'm going to go Gibson. And then one last quick one. So if you're, Let's say we're in round seven, round eight, and Al, Josh Allen and Russell Wilson and Mahomes are all off the board. All the all the premier quarterbacks that everybody's thinking about grabbing, and you kind of want to grab a guy that you think might could potentially finish as a top five guy. Who are you looking at? Uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, really? He's, he's that guy who's got the top five upside. Um, we want quarterbacks who can run with the football. That is a, that's the the Konami code, uh, as the great Rich Rebar coined many years ago, and. When he took over as the starter late in the season, you go back that those final four weeks, weeks 14 through 17, 
the only player that had the only quarterback, I should say, that had more rushing yards than Jalen Hurts in that time was Lamar Jackson. Um, so we know he can run with the football. I think the Eagles are going to throw the ball a lot more this year than people are anticipating. It's also sort of why I love Devontae Smith once he's healthy and back ready to go. So, you know, look, things might go sideways with Jalen Hurts. You never know. But if you want to talk about the guy who has the ability and the upside to get to that top five, I think he's the guy. Is that you'd be confident going into the year as your QB one or would you kind of stash him at the end of the draft? Uh, no, I mean, I like I would start him as my QB one without a doubt. I would probably draft another quarterback late just as some insurance. Um, but I've, I've got a team or two where I've got Jalen Hurts and, and he's locked and loaded for, for week one for as my quarterback. That's wild. Well, that's, I can't wait for fantasy to get going. Can't wait for football to get going. Do appreciate you taking time. Can you uh, plug, plug your social media and plug your podcast? People can check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. You find most everything at the, on Twitter at Marcus G M A R C A S G. Uh, but the podcast, the NFL fantasy football show twice a week, wherever you download podcasts and NFL fantasy live, uh, we'll be back on your TV sets very soon. Monday, August 30th, uh, 6 PM Eastern, 3 PM Pacific. As I always say, check your local listings, set your DVRs. Uh, and pretty soon we'll be back on your screens. The TV guide still a thing or is TV guide ever? Uh, no, I think it's just that there's that guide button on your remote and it just pops things up for you. You know, TV guide channel is always a pain because you're always like, all right, I'm looking for something and you, and you turn around and then they've got some weird interview and then you're like, all right, I just missed it. You got to watch it for six like, more you minutes. Just missed the you channel. Just you're missed it. For, like go you slower. Right. Yes. Yeah, go it's slower. Terrible. Like, all right, I don't care what's on <laughs> E what time's the game on. But yeah, but do appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate it.